When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers postgame show where tonight the Carolina Panthers fell 20-3 to as they hosted... Their first home preseason game, second preseason game of the year, and we remained defeated as the Baltimore Ravens remain undefeated for some ridiculous amount of time in the preseason. <laughs> um, so, look, is uh, we got a lot to talk about when, when it comes to QB battles. Uh, we saw our first performances of the starting, some of the starters today. We did not see Christian McCaffrey, but we saw – Sam Darnold, we saw Robbie Anderson, we saw, I don't know, I don't think I saw DJ Moore. We'll get to that a little bit more as we go on with the show, but let me welcome in my co-host, Cody Lashney. Tony Dunn, what's up, man? We're here for another preseason postgame, and uh, yeah, to borrow a term from boxing, the Ravens drug us into deep waters and drowned us. Um, the defense... Uh, could not do anything on third down and the offense at the end of the day couldn't do anything, couldn't move the ball, couldn't stay on the field. But as always, you know, we're going to break it down. We're going to be your therapy session with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube. Raleigh Lee, Kego Fort, 10 Tizzy, The Real Zero Chill, Sideshow Rob, Adam Sanders, AJ Lizzie, Tony Dunn, and nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. We rock these post-game shows after every game, and you can be a part of it by calling in and leaving a message on the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098 when we get your thoughts on this Panthers performance. Two turnovers by the defense um, uh, early in this game. Some of the ones were exciting, but as we move down the line, I mean, of course, you start to think about the depth and, and different things. And again, CK. Joey Sly comes right out there and misses a kick right right off the back. Right, yeah, and uh, it's 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 continued to be a thorn in our side. Um, the good news is this game didn't come down to a single kick, so it's I think a little bit of that pressure that would normally be on him would be is is no longer just on him. I think this was a failure across the board, but he has shown time in and time like I've 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 been an advocate for Sly. I've been you know let's give him an opportunity. 
He's got an incredible leg. You know, maybe he can finally get these things dialed in. It's clear to me that every time he goes out, there is a 50-50 shot. And I even said it in my commentary of the game, uh, Madden you know, 22 simulation that I did, uh, that those go- those balls are 50-50. Every time he goes out, there's a chance he's either, like it's, it's, it's straight down the middle where most kickers, it's about an 80 to 20% chance that they're going to be missing or making it. So, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's at this point in time, I, I made a tweet about it and we could talk more in depth about this, I'm sure. But how is it that the Ravens have two kickers with one of the greatest kickers on their, on their roster to ever play the game and Justin Tucker, but we have one that has not shown that he is a consistent and, and, and reliable kicker. I, I just don't get it. Uh, don't forget tonight's show is powered by Volta. You can own your own energy with a Volta. No money down. Uh, add equity to your home. Take advantage of federal and state tax cuts by achieving inter- energy independence and getting a fixed utility rate or energy rate for life. Uh, call Kevin Brown, Solar Consultant at 704-215-3373. That's 704-215-3373. Tell them C3 said, keep pounding. He'll hook you up. You got to be a homeowner in North or South Carolina. Let's dive right into it. Uh, let's start with what we've been waiting for. The Carolina Panthers ones were out there, folks. The ones were out there. Yep. We saw Sam Darnold, even though I've been saying no need to see Sam Darnold uh, and this uh, starting offense. But the best case scenario happened for Sam Darnold. And that is he delivered. Right. Is that uh, he looked uh, OK. Right. You know, there wasn't it wasn't perfect, but he threw the ball away at times when you need to throw the ball. He connected at some points. So it's exciting. You know, you just didn't want to see him come out and look bad. Right. Um, because after we watch the backup QB play, we need him to be the starter. So uh, your evaluation, uh, Cody Lashney, of Sam Darnold's debut in the black and blue or actually all white tonight. Yeah, I mean, there really wasn't much to talk about. I mean, we had this one drive, um, and I felt like they ran the football more than they put it in Sam Darnold's arm. I think it was very vanilla play calling, um, and I really didn't think – I wanted to see some passes in the red zone uh, on the goal line there. Um, I wanted us to kind of be a little more aggressive, um, but I kind of think we wanted to – get our O-line a little battle-tested yeah. um, and really, uh, you know, try and get them some, get them in some, some war right there in the trenches to, to start. Um, there wasn't really too much to go on when it comes to Sam. Um, I think we're going to see far more next time we see him against Pittsburgh. Yeah. But really, like, there's, you know, especially now when all Panther fans want some hot take on Sam, about either how awesome he's going to be or how trash he is, like there just wasn't enough evidence right. um, of uh, of any of it. Wasn't bad that. though by any means. No, it wasn't that's what bad. I'm saying. It was, was the it? middle of it. Was the middle of like it, it wasn't. What fantastic. do you mean it was just middle it of the right? It, yeah, I mean it was fa- it was fantastic in that uh, he went out there and played what one series ultimately or one and, drive, and we yeah. can blame Hassan Reddick for making a interception that gave them the ball with like 20 yards to go. So it was like, we have already were, were ruined because he was only going to come out for one series and he basically yeah. got the ball back in the red zone. So, I mean, we, we, we got gypped because our defense actually came out and did their job and got us the ball early on. 
Um, and, to, to be real, yeah. I'm like, sorry, that was no, all on me. No, <laughs> his fifty percent completion rate is actually a fantastic thing because he only threw the ball twice. One of which was a dime to Robbie Anderson in the corner to get a first down, um, and then the other was throwing it out of the back of the end zone because there was nobody open, and doing anything else would have been catastrophic for that uh, for that offense. They did run the ball. Uh, they chose to run the ball down, uh, down deep. And ch- welcome to the NFL, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, tough to get those. Man, it gets it gets a lot harder the closer you get to the end zone. Chuba Hubbard came out and had a catch though. Nice catch and run today. Another up and down performance from him. After the team continues to show a lot of faith in him, like, had a fumble today. Um, and I don't really blame the you know what I mean the losses on him when it comes to those those goal line carries but you know then you're looking at what does that tell us about the panthers offensive line cody i saw pat f line started at left tackle tonight pat say again pat f line you mean cam yeah. irving no i didn't see i they listed when i was watching the graphic they said pat f line did cam irving actually play on the first series please say yeah yes. it looked like cam oh, irving thank god yeah, Pat Elfland, uh Unless I'm wrong, and chat, tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think so. I can't. I just swear I saw it on the graphic. Maybe it said left guard then, but I mean, I swear it said left tackle. But um, I mean, listen, it, it, again, there it was such a small sample size. Like I felt more of a way about our defense. I felt like uh, Jeremy Chen came up and made a really good stop. J.C. Horn on that one second down play was absolutely suffocating in coverage. I mean, dude, he gives these receivers no space at all whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I'm so pumped about what J.C. Horn's going to do for us this year. Uh, Brian Burns, for the very limited of time that we saw him, really looked fast and impressive. Um, And I know I'm kind of jumping around here too, but listen, I think Frankie Louvu makes this 53-man roster. I mean, Frankie Louvu tonight looked every bit the starter. He's looked every bit the starter in training camp. Um, he continues to ball out in both of these preseason games. I'm just loving what I'm seeing from that young man. And in the Camp Confidential that was released on YouTube today, um, it, he's basically, uh, they talked to him, and he had been coached a little bit by former Panther 11, uh, Panthers legend Kevin Green. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he talked about that a little bit, too. So, I mean, he has just continued to grow on me. And I'm, I'm really excited about his continued progress in our defense. Um, our first-string defense continues to impress. And I'm very excited about what we have the potential to see from them this year. Hassan Reddick, uh, am I, am I, what did he do in this game? He got the interception. Yeah, he got a big Didn't interception. Did he get the interception in the simulation too? He did. No, no, no. Yeah, he did. No, that was AJ. That was AJ. Okay. Okay. Um, By the way, if you haven't checked that out, uploaded today, CK uh, did a full simulation of today's game in Madden 22. And it's quite the hit so far, uh, if I do say so myself. It was you must awesome. check it, it out. Fantastic. CK is fantastic, man, with that silky smooth voice he has. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it, guys. Unfortunately, I this can't. didn't uh, result in the same uh, outcome that that did. But we were playing all starters the entire game in that simulation. So, uh, and if you think about it, in my opinion, I think our starters looked much better than their starters. Again, they did not have Lamar Jackson. 
So yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Take Giant that with difference a grain of salt. Right there. Um, all right, so let's stay on the defense for a moment. Don't forget, guys, you can call into the show. The number is 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. I'm actually surprised there's no calls in the hole right now. We wow. might like this game be out of here early. Oh, yeah. This game was quick. I didn't know. Under three hours? Well, you, you got to keep – yeah. Well, you got to keep in mind that uh, that when you have a team that is a run-first offense like the Ravens that uh, were able to come in with a uh, – take that second half and basically run with it the entire time, uh, the, the clock was going to go down pretty quick because there's not a lot of stoppages. Uh, and that's what happened. Nobody used their time. And no penalties the until the f- no penalties until the fourth quarter. Exactly. Which they and talked about nobody used a timeout in the second half. By the way, there wasn't a single timeout used. So, how about when the it Ravens comes to this defense? One penalty. The Ravens yeah. had one penalty tonight. To that is absurd to me, man. Especially in a preseason game uh, where where you're starting to deal with a lot of people who don't have their uh discipline down uh for this game you're getting a lot of third stringers that aren't really getting the same reps uh dealing with the officials and the rules that they have to follow and everything that you're getting from the starters or the second stringers so you'd think that they would have uh, a little bit more luckily they did at least have one uh that made me feel a little bit better about the situation but yeah that is insane let's talk about whose stock went up and down uh, in this game, right? Um, we've heard Frankie Louvu's name a lot in this game, but let's start with the quarterback competition between Will Greer and PJ Walker. PJ Walker came out looking confident last last week. Right, uh, got a f- whole half a play. Uh, still has the confidence to throw the ball down the field. You saw that, like he would take the shot, but he was off the mark tonight. Like, and uh, while we could say it was with the threes and this and that. He was not sharp by himself. On the contrary, Will Greer, after a very um, conservative start and then a cup a miss pass, I don't even know if it's a miss pass or if he took a sack or threw it away. I forget what happened. Is it looked like man, Will Greer just looks like he can't do much and dink and dunk, and then all of a sudden he settled in and started delivering the ball downfield. And one of those passes was to another guy who stock who's was high coming into the NFL, Terrence. especially in Cody Lashney's mind and is skyrocketing every day. Terrence Marshall Jr. with another big catch in this. What did you guys see in this quarterback or what did you guys see from Will Greer? I'll tell you. I mean, I, again, I, I had something I expected to see. Uh, and that is uh, somebody who's uh, coming in, who had an opportunity now to have the exact same offense that PJ Walker had last week. Um, and by the way, if we want to start talking about apples to apples here, um, PJ Walker had a less than 50% completion rate and an accidental touchdown and a couple of almost interceptions in that game last week when people thought he did incredible and we should start PJ. He didn't do great. Like he just got lucky on a couple of drops by the defense. Um, and, uh, the other part is Will Greer was actually pretty smart with the ball. Um, people want to talk about his spin move, trying to get out of that sack. Listen, there was nobody who touched that guy coming straight to PJ or straight to Will Will Greer. Will Greer came out and he showed that, hey, listen, I have an opportunity to take this backup position. Do I think he made that much of a move over top of PJ? I don't think it's a, a, a night and day difference, but I do think that Will Greer is now ahead of PJ Walker in this battle because PJ Walker came in with the uh, offense in his hands 
And what I mean by that is we were not running the ball as much as we did with Will Greer because we didn't have this, the lead. T.J. Walker did not look good tonight. He was off the mark on every one of the throws he had, uh, and he was overthrowing. He was just not doing very good uh, quarterback things. And you can blame it on the offensive line, but it's the exact same thing that Will Greer had last week, and everybody crucified him. So I think we need to take this with a grain of salt. It is preseason, but I think Will Greer showed that he's the uh, at least a little bit ahead of P.J. Walker based on what I've seen. So Cody. Will Greer, yeah, go ahead, Tom. I was going to say that Cody CK says uh, the stock the stock is rising for Will Greer, falling a little bit for PJ. Uh, who's ahead, Greer, PJ, or is it a more of an even battle at this moment? Well, listen, I mean, I want to give credit where credit's due. I think that Will Greer definitely had the better night tonight of the two quarterbacks. He was 11 of 14 for 144 yards and a 109.5 passer rating. Um, he was definitely the more impressive of the two, but I gotta be honest, man. Like you know, I still don't feel great about our backup quarterback. Oh, position. absolutely not. I don't feel like either of these two dudes have really put themselves in a position to say, okay, well, if Sam went down for whatever reason, I would at least have a certain level of comfortability with either of these guys to be able to come in and pick up the offense. And frankly, right now, we haven't seen that from either of them. Uh, I think PJ is more confident in his arm, but he also misses a little wilder. And then, you know, I think Will Greer did some good things tonight. But overall, um, our offense um, all throughout the night was just stall in the red zone. I mean, we had three turnovers from our defense in that Dude, first half right. of football, and we could not do anything with it. And one of the most important things in the NFL is scoring points off of turnovers. And we just could not do it. And you know, it really, um, especially in the second half, really took a toll on our defense. And we were just zombies out there. Uh, I'm even re reading on Twitter that uh, we had 18 yards of total offense in the second, uh, half. In the second half, which is a Yeah, because we just three and outed it. I mean, we three and outed it every time. And PJ, whenever he had a chance to potentially at least put us in a position to get in a third and six or something, was off the mark. I want to, um, for me, when it comes to this, is I think Greer uh, surprised me a little bit today. He played better than I expected he would because I thought the pressure was going to be a lot on him. I thought that knowing that this Panthers staff seemingly favors PJ a little bit more, uh, ultimately, I mean, part of that could be going back to the relationship between Matt Rule and PJ Walker going back to Temple. Um, I thought that uh, Will Greer pulled, um, so enough pulled ahead enough, not ahead, but at least this is an even battle at the very minimum. I feel like this is an even battle going into week three. And that actually makes it more difficult, more difficult because now we are probably going to have to give uh, the ball uh, at. How do you do it? If you're going to, what are you going to play a quarter with the starters? If you play a quarter with the starters, then you got to give one quarter with the twos to one guy and one quarter with the twos to the other guy. And then maybe what do you do? How do you, how do you make that happen? I think because if it's a wash, good Lord, who yeah, was I, more impressive, who was more impressive? Will Greer in the first half of this game or PJ Walker in the first half of the Colts game? Will Greer. I think it's about even. I think it's about even. I think I saw a higher, I think I saw a higher floor 
from PJ, but tonight I saw more consistency from Will Greer. But what? let me ask you this. This is the problem that I have with this. Is a backup quarterback is not going to be coming in to light up. He is basically there to make sure you don't lose the game. PJ Walker is the type of quarterback that will possibly lose the game because he is going to be a cowboy. He's going to throw that ball anywhere he wants to throw it, right? If if we were talking about a starter, like if it was between Will Greer or PJ Walker, it would be PJ Walker because we're going to be playing with the ones. He's gonna he's gonna have a little bit more reps and everything with that. But when you're talking about not being able to develop that chemistry because you're a backup quarterback with your wide receivers like Will Greer or P.J. Walker would be, I think you need to have somebody who is going to be predictable, and that is going to be Will Greer. And and, and the thing is, people want to talk about that he just threw screens or he was able to get the ball. Listen, P.J. Walker did a lot of that too, but you guys want to talk about that 20, 30-yard bomb that he threw to, uh, to Terrace that was a perfect in-stride throw to Terrace Marshall. Nobody wants to acknowledge that he was able to do that better than what P.J. Walker was able to do for him last week. Well, they both had two downfield throws. PJ probably had two good downfield throws last week, right? You remember the Shy Smith one and the Terrence Marshall Jr. You know what was different? Was good because he led him in a way that then Terrence could open up and get back around. So he was fine. Like, but and and then today, Will Greer had two nice downfield throws that I remember Terrence. But you're right, is that Will Greer? What he did do is uh, go at 1.10 for 11. Right. He had nine straight completions. Like, I mean, that's not yeah. like it, it, the, the reality I think, is. Yeah, I would give, I'd be fine with saying the edge of, of performances has lent to Greer. I would be yeah. fine with that. I, I just think that um, I don't want to get too caught in the recency moment of like, because PJ was pr- pretty good last week. He was decent last week, and I think that Will Greer was more than decent today. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'll give the edge right now in performances to Will Greer. Yeah, I, I agree, and here's the here's the part that I, I think we need to acknowledge here. Matt's got it right here. Willie G is the better QB. PJ is the better athlete. PJ, that's 100% true. I think that's a fantastic way to explain that. Uh, if, if Will Greer has the weapons behind him, I think he is a better QB. But if somebody wanted to say uh, uh, Willie G doesn't, strike fear in any opponents when in the world has a backup quarterback ever struck fear in any opponent that's the most it's really a non-issue i don't even care about the backup at this point if we're really gonna be at the point where we're putting in a backup i don't think our team is good good enough to survive right yeah and so that might be the best thing yeah and that's sad in some ways but on the other hand it's not it's expected. Is this right. this team was a five and what eleven team last year? Who's hoping to take a stride to maybe five hundred this year or more? But without their starting a starting quarterback, you really could see an implosion happen. Like nobody at, at that point, you're going to start to be thinking about this. It's week fourteen. Christian McCaffrey might have a little soreness in his thigh. Brian Burns you know, has been dealing with a little shoulder, whatever. And then you're like, you know what? Let's start getting our young guys some reps and stuff. So, I mean, if Sam Darnold, it, and this is not weird. This is almost, this is what it is like for every NFL team. If your starting quarterback goes down, you're usually dead in the water unless you're one of these uh, teams that's elite at every other level. And we're certainly not that. 
No. Well, we haven't proven ourselves to be. We're not bad yet. We're not bad, but I don't think our we're like us. We're you know we're a Super Bowl team in the making, right? So if we're not a like a we don't we're just begging to get five hundred or the playoffs. So if our starting quarterback goes down and we're talking about Will, Will Greer leading this, you really think that we're be interested in the playoff discussion? No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like the, uh, a scenario like what happened with the Philadelphia Eagles where Nick Foles came in and – Who, by the way, know, was a starter prior to this. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was a very previous starter in the league. Scenarios. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, but before we get to – I mean, I, I don't know what else you had on the on the docket. I'm sure we could pick out something. But um, at, at one point, I do want to mention and bring up this rumor – that is uh, being reported by Joe Person about the guy who we're going to be paying. Did you see this? I, I, um, Rob Anderson, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is I, definitely, I agree, it's a surprise to me. So I wanted to share this real quick. What do we think of this? Joe Person is reporting that the Panthers and Robbie Anderson are in deep talks on a multi-year extension. A deal could be finalized in the next several days and I, i'm telling you i'm i'm dude this took me by surprise i didn't think that this would be um a priority for us it, but let alone right now i thought that we would be looking to save money to potentially sign dj Moore after this year um i i think right now my initial reaction to this is you know matt rule really likes him some robbie anderson and I think well, that so do I. I really yeah, like Robbie Anderson either. Also, I think this is, you know what? I'm not actually tremendously surprised by it because, number one, we've known um, that Robbie Anderson has not been here just as a handout, like as right. a favor to Matt Rule. And that really showed after last season. Didn't didn't Robbie get 1,000 last year? So yeah. Robbie got 1,000 last year with bum quarterbacks where he couldn't even use his real skill set came in a position receiver, like really did all of it. It was like, and and I think this is the last year of his deal, if I'm not correct, right? He signed a two-year deal yeah, with it was us. Yeah, like a two-year yeah. deal, yeah. Which so I mean, you know that my man is, if if you're a wide receiver at this point in Robbie Anderson's career, coming off a thousand-yard year, the last thing you want to do is get injured the next year, right? Yeah. And so he has been kind of forthright as in saying, like, I mean, he said some things that like uh, where he's had a little distance from the team in OTAs and some different things. I think he's been letting the agents and the team do their thing. Now, a multi-year deal does not mean a five-year deal or something like that. They could, you know, this could be something like where we're going to pay you. We're going to give you a three-year contract, a respectable three-year contract to where we honor what you did last year we value as a member, but also we're not giving you a Calvin Johnson mega contract or something. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So this, yeah. so at some point is like, you know what is you're going to have to pay people at some point. Right. So if you can, um, if this is reasonable and reasonably structured, it's not the worst of things, but yeah, I guess it is a little surprising because right now in the past, we're used to GMs using Terrence Marshall jr. As a t tool to fuck with guys like this, right? Think about but the drafting of Vernon Butler was solely meant to fuck with the KK short contract. 
the entire yeah, well, reason that we drafted that guy. Yeah, but we also at that time hadn't signed KK Short, and we you know were hoping that we were going to, but we hadn't. So it was kind of like an insurance policy when we drafted. Vernon Butler. No, it was saying this. We're not going to be forced to having to pay you. So we're drafting this guy so we can lowball your ass. Like, I mean, it wasn't like insurance policy, my ass. Is this, is KK should have been paid at that moment and they could have drafted somebody else other than defensive tackle at that point. I, also, Dave Gettleman went against his own mantra. Dave Gettleman always said this, is that you use free agency to set up the draft and then every year he he just drafted because he hated to pay motherfuckers. Remember the year he drafted uh, three cornerbacks in a row because we had oh, no cornerbacks. All right, but my, uh, my off topic is, here. That's off but, topic. I'm sorry. But my thing is this though, like it it goes back to after we paid Christian. You know, I'm a I'm a firm believer that there are certain positions that you shouldn't have to sink a ton of money into. So again, I'm going to reserve final judgment until I see what the numbers are, what they end up being. Um, but I have no doubt that this is true by Joe Pershing. Um, Federer did mention that he was in contracts, uh, contract talks with a certain player, that he wasn't willing to name who. So now I'm almost, you know, it's certain that it's it's Robbie Anderson. But, right. you know, if, it, if let's say DJ Moore has a standout year this year, you know, we're going to want to pay DJ as the number one wide receiver, especially if he does have a big year for us going forward. Then that means we would have money sunk into uh, a running back uh, and two wide receivers. So, uh, you know, it, it just it reminds me of some Marty Herney type of type of payment plans that I was hoping that we would kind of start to move away from. But again, I'll reserve my final judgment until I see what kind of dollars we're we're talking about, frankly? And what multi-year deal? He's not a means. fan in the chat. Ten yeah, is yeah. not a fan. Like if, if yeah. he's making the same amount that he made last year, which is any more than you know uh, thirteen or twelve or whatever, because that's what he made with it, all of his guaranteed money was last year. Um, and uh, and so this year he's not making a tremendous amount. Everything he, like he was a twenty million two uh, two year twenty million dollar contract, and twelve or thirteen of it was last year. So we're only like seven or eight that we're eating this year. Um, and, uh, so if it's more than 10 million that we pay him a year, and if it's longer than three years, that's a problem in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe it's going to be an extension, but actually it says multi-year extension, which those are a little bit different than just like a free agent deal, you know, to a guy because they count some of the money of this year into it. I don't know. Like, well, like you said, let's wait to see guys, let's go ahead and get to the first call of the night. Uh, you can be a part of the show uh, by calling in at 252-228-5098. We want to hear your thoughts on the Panthers starters, the Panthers backup quarterback situation, this defense, exciting defense, but also the struggles that have that permeate this team as we get past the starters and the first line backups who may actually be the starters in disguise. Call into the show at 252 252- Two two eight fifty ninety eight. So, what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty. You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So, how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good, like. And a three and a four and a Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Uh. 
This is Steve Kwong. Hope you guys are doing well. I am doing well here at the beach. Um, I love our defense, especially in the first half. I think in the second half they just wore out because the time of possession was against them. Uh, but I'm loving our defense. And I think our quarterback was really good, uh, Greer. He looked really good uh, when he, while he was in there. And I think he moved pretty good. However, I'm also very concerned about the offensive line when it comes to run uh, run support. I mean, we couldn't run at all. And I know Christian's going to have more success, but it's frustrating when you can't get things going that way. You have a good day, guys. Yeah, this defense was exciting for uh, this team. You know, um, turnovers, um, some pressure. And, you know, it's almost situational football, too, that it was good. Is There were some times where it was like, oh, God, they're going to be able to run all over us again. You know, it felt like a lot in that simulator. It was just like, oh, God, they just broke off an eight-yard run. And I was like, oh, man, I saw this defense last year. But as they started to get into situations that were important, you know, I mean, I felt like they had some, and I'll look up the stats in just a second, but third down stops, some tackles for some loss, right? Um, Brian Burns and these guys, I think they're going to be legit. And we saw just enough of them to kind of verify or at least to continue to fan our optimism when it comes to this defense. And then yeah. you add in that even Jeremy, they took Jeremy Chin out before they took out half the other defensive starters. That's I mean, impressive, yeah. man. They think a lot about him. Dude, I think a lot about him. You saw him today. I mean, he yeah. was everywhere in that first series that he played, like getting the tackles, even when they were getting past that first, you know, our defensive line with those runs, Jeremy Chen was wrapping it up. I think Jeremy Chen is an elite athlete. I think he's going to be an elite player, and I really like his position now in safety because I think it's going to allow him to play more naturally. I love what Jeremy Chen is for our defense. Um, Listen, this is going to sound so weird just because it's such big shoes to fill. But really, you know, in the absence of Luke Kuechly, it's looking like Jeremy Chen is going to be that player for us from that safety position. Um, to be honest, it's kind of like a blend of Thomas Davis and Luke Kuechly in that he flies around like both of them. But he's got a great mind for the football and where it's going. But he'll also hype you up too, man. It, uh, you really get the sense – that he's the heart and soul of our defense right now. So, yeah, I'm definitely loving Jeremy Chen and what he represents to our defense. I really, you know, obviously it's still preseason, but I feel like he has no true home right now. They, they had him at some free safety and strong safety. Phil Snow has talked about um, also using him down in the box at that linebacker slash nickel safety position. So, yeah, we're going to use him as a weapon all around the football field, and I'm pumped to see it. You know, is that uh, I tell you one person that's excited to see it, Scott Fitterer, as he has uh, dreams about that Legion of Boom from Seattle, right? Memories of that. Cam Chancellor, and they had another great Ear Earl Thomas. Yep. Right? Together. Um, Jeremy Chin. Is offering uh, that kind of superstar power in that middle of the field, right? That center fielder. So that's exciting. Um, you know, uh, one thing I like to see was Jermaine Carter Jr. tonight played all right, and that um, that they are more and more using. Like we got an interview with him. I'm starting to think Jermaine Carter Jr.'s role on this team uh, may be pretty important this year. I mean, we saw it happen last year, right? The moment yeah. they decided. Whitehead wasn't going to be the starter anymore. We saw 
uh, Jermaine Carter come in there and actually put up incredible, like pretty decent numbers. Our defense started to kind of shore up, and we weren't nearly we weren't nearly as down on our defense once they got rid of Whitehead. Whitehead was a big liability in that defense last year, and the moment that Jermaine Carter came in there, I think we started to feel a lot better about what we were doing. Um, if if that change didn't happen, if it didn't happen earlier, we wouldn't have been thirty first in the league on third down efficiency. I can tell you that much. I love this comment from Sideshow Rob talking about Jeremy Chin. He's a, he's like a queen on a chessboard. I love playing chess. Uh, he can move whichever way he wants, right? I mean, that is a power superstar player right there. Um, I don't know. Steve, I, Steve yeah. Smith said on the broadcast that Jermaine Carter Jr. is the quarterback of our defense. Yeah, I know. And he did say he's not – he is no Luke Kuechly, but uh, – <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is uh, he is definitely a uh, a stud, and I think he's going to be able to come in here and actually play a pretty important leadership role. What was your favorite part of the Steve Smith broadcast tonight? All right, and, and look, is that at times I'm going, man, Steve Smith is work. I mean, you know, he's working. He's like, you know, I mean, look, it is his second time doing color commentary. Um, I would do, and so I don't want anybody to sound like this is critical at all because I. Look, ju- just say someone sensational all the time would be just puffing them up so much. He is going to he's learning on the job. And as things go on, I mean, he's good. Right. And he says some things he said to Scott Fitter in the interview with Scott Fitter. They're talking about getting Sam Darnold um, and Frankie Louvu, Louvu from the Jets. And he said, <laughs> he said to Scott Fitter, he said, that pretty much tells us the Jets don't know what they're doing, doesn't it? <laughs> no, no, no. That was no. awesome. Dude. I mean, that was awesome. The fans are going to love it. The fans, we're going to we're gonna just soak it up. My, my favorite part. Go ahead. What's your favorite part of the Steve Smith broadcast? My favorite part. Night? There was a part where Kristen Balboa is just out on the field and she's talking up to Steve and the guy next to him. And she's telling him, like, man, it's so hot down there on the field. I bet it feels so much better up where you guys are. And it cuts to Steve Smith, and you can tell he's just enjoying the air conditioning. He's like, yeah. I mean, he basically didn't say it in these words, but he was like, yeah, sucks to be you. We're feeling good up here. In <laughs> he did say it. It's pretty cool up here. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, it's real cool up here. Like almost rubbing it in. It was like, yeah, it sucks to be you out there on the sideline. Uh, oh, I thought that was stuff. perfect. I think that was one of the better – that was not better moments. That was a great moment. She opened the door. She teed it up. If he didn't, if he didn't hit that, I would have been disappointed because that's what I would have said too. <laughs> Dude, Steve Smith is awesome. Um, it, it's his, it's his honesty. You know, like uh, he might Absolutely. not be the most technical, refined announcer, but he's gonna call it like he sees it. And if guys are tired or looking like bums, he's gonna tell you about it, man. He has that brutal honesty that we love about him. Uh, he kind of commentates the same way he plays football, just not giving too many fucks about your feelings. Um, so yeah, I love it. It's fun. It's fun to listen to. And, um, yeah, I have I love two this. favorite moments. I have two yeah, favorite good. moments. The first favorite moment has to do with, uh, an actual thing that happened on the show. And the other is more kind of like a style. The first one was when they were talking about, and this was probably in the third quarter or something like that. And they were talking about how excited they were, or <laughs> actually I just said it. They were talking about seeing, 
this team and the real team all three phases of the ball for more than just like a glimpse. And they asked, uh, he asked him, he said, aren't you excited? about it? He says, oh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. He said like excited seven times <laughs> in a matter of 12 seconds. It was all, I was excited by the end of it. Uh, <laughs> the other time was this. And, and actually, this is more advice for who's the guy doing it with him. Uh, so, I don't. Uh, I don't remember that dude. What is his name? I'm, Chat, help us out. I'm bad with names anyway. But he, he was right, so, too memorable to me. Oh, uh, so this guy. So what he says is this: is he says in a somewhat athletic move or something. He's talking about. And let me just give you some uh, advice with dealing with Steve Smith. Yeah. And like, just give me. Some, I'm going to give you some advice with Steve Smith. You don't need to remind him that he's the dog in the room that he's more athletic, that he's more badass, he will remind you plenty of that right? throughout the whole time. Do not tee him up for that. And he was like, oh, well, that might be athletic for you. I mean, he said, that might not be athletic for you, but that's athletic for me and that guy on the field or something like this. And Steve Smith said something. He didn't laugh. Basically, he's not laughing at that kind of pandering. Like, he doesn't just, like, just eat it up too much. But then later in the show, my man drops this and he's like, that's about as athletic as you and that guy over there or something like that. And he just fucking reeves him for the rest of his life on that. Do not open the door for Steve Smith to dog your ass. He's going to dog you anyway. The number is 252-228-5098. We want to hear your thoughts on this preseason game. Guys, uh, what else has stuck out to you as this as we wait for maybe some callers to stream in? Does not seem like the fan base is particularly excited about this game. Uh, and maybe it's late. Maybe it has to do with all the good things happened so early. And then after that, it was just like snooze fest. Well, I'm, I want to hear from you, Tony. I, I think Shy Smith has been impressive. I think he continues to impress. Um, I, I think he continues to have these plays where he will just go up and make an incredible play on the football. He's fearless, man. That dude's got that a was the play that, that jump play, the jump ball. Yeah, where he and, jumped it, in and that, ended and he up said, being out of bounds. But he's yeah, still this is what. Uh, oh no, this was the not the one that he caught. That was the one in the Scott Fitterer conversation. There was one later, and this is the one I'm talking about. The guy where Sm Smitty comes back around or something like that, and he goes uh, like he circled back to that comment of athleticism. Because Shai Smith jumps up for this ball and soars, and the guy that's doing the play-by-play -play says, mistimed his jump, and this and that. He said he mistimed his jump, and then he came back and watched the replay. He's like, yeah, he did miss his, mistime his jump. It was a bit early. And Steve Smith said, for you, that's mistiming our, your jump. For us, that's hang time. <laughs> uh, no, look, uh, Shai Smith, how about this, is – he is living up to what I think you're describing him as. But that does not change my mindset about what his contribution to the team and the immediacy will be. Okay, that's fair. I mean, you know, I just think it's going to be hard. Look, look, at some point, there's only so many mouths to feed. We're going to feed DJ, we're going to feed Robbie, we're going to feed CMC. Now we feed Terrence Marshall Jr. for sure, too. 
You know, I just think it's like, yeah, I think you'll see some times where he might get some shots and maybe there'll be some moments where he flashes and been awesome. I'm not going out and drafting him on my fantasy team by any means. All right. Hey, I mean, listen, that's your decision. I'm just saying. I think you'll make the – you draft him. If, you he, draft if him. he does – I might. If he does have a flash year this year, uh, I'm saying your boy's not going to be surprised. I think that he's looking good. What is um, a flash year in your mind? A flash year for me, for him to me is like 300 yards receiving. If he gets 300 yards receiving this season, I think I'll, he be, can push five. I'll be impressed. I think he could push five, maybe even potentially break it by a little. What is that per? What is that? Seventeen games. What do you want? What you said? Five hundred. Five hundred divided by seventeen. He's got to get twenty nine yards a game. There's gonna be games where he ain't getting no twenty nine yards. I mean, I'm telling you, man, we have so many ways. He's gonna to be a two. Our, he's gonna be a one for thirteen guy. Our That's first stringers have ways to open up this offense. You have to account for Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson, like we're gonna have different ways to to get guys open. So especially if he continues to okay. impress on these 50-50 balls, like going up and just grabbing the football out of the air from the hands of a DB, like that's the kind of dog that we need on offense. You know, I mean, I, if he has a breakout year this year, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and again, you know, they I know that they have to prove themselves. This whole team has a ton to prove, but that's partly why. I'm against paying a bunch of money for wide receivers. I mean, Terrace Marshall and Shai Smith are both looking really good right now. And we drafted both of those guys this year. If, 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 they, both, if they both end up being a big part of our offense, then I don't understand why you would sink a bunch of money into the receiver position. They're not going to be uh, – Terrence Marshall Jr. will be a big part of the offense. Sean Smith will not be a big part of the offense. I'm thinking this is right now I'm saying, okay, he's making the team, right? Not a problem with that. I tell you this, we're going about to go to the next call. But if I – if I, I'm going to tell you all that are all like this is the best. Everybody's saying this is the best draft class in the history of the Carolina Panthers. I am not down on these dudes by any means. But let's reserve our um, crowning of these guys for a little bit longer. And the reason is I lived, and look, is all of y'all, most of y'all were there for that 2015 season. And you know what? That 2015 draft class after the 2015 season seemed pretty fucking awesome. And then two years later, none of them are on the team. Right. Yeah, but, that, yeah, <laughs> so, but that's like, I, that, no, I think we got some hits, but I'm not gonna don't let's not get over excited about our seventh round pick just right. yet. That's but what's, all I'm saying, but, but, what's the, but okay, but what's overexcited mean? I mean, I think that right now the, the best guy, draft like, class in the history of the team, I think is a, a tad that? oversight. That? I saw a tweet that? that said that. I saw that and they they brought up this draft class like twelve times. I mean, it was all over Twitter tonight. But one guy uh, listen, it, it, it's got, look, everybody is acting like this is that Terry has the potential to be one are, of the best. Okay. Fine with that. Every year's pod potentially has that. But well, I think I, mean, yes, I think it's a pretty good class. I think so, it's a very good class. I, I think understand what you're saying. The proof is in the pudding. They got to prove it. Time. Time. Give me some fucking time. I mean, look, I'm excited. How much? You know what? I feel like this. The guy that's usually the hype man about people now, I'm the guy. I'm just, I'm turning the old man 
Yeah, you're the old man now. Listen, all I'm saying is this, though. Terrace Marshall Jr. looking damn good, okay? We already know. Listen, I think he should. He was a second round pick. I think JC Horn's going to be the defensive rookie of the year. All right. You already know what I think about Brady Christensen. You know, uh, I think Brady Christensen again had a really decent night tonight. He showed the athleticism. Yeah, they do love him. He showed the athleticism. Uh, So again, that's that's three potential starters. Um, I'm also really high on Deontay Brown, who also has been looking pretty good at that right guard position. Um, And then we haven't even mentioned uh, Shai Smith and Davion Nixon, who have shown their own flashes as well. So those guys all have to make the team. They have to be a meaningful contributor. But right now, at least as of this moment, it's looking pretty good. I agree. If and you know what it comes down to, for me, the magic number is this four. And what I mean by that is three is a very is a very is a very good draft. And what I mean by three is you hit on three picks, like and they t- and you in the retrospect we look down we look back at twenty twenty one and we say man Horn more we hit three in a row. How many times do you ever hit three in a row? Right. So imagine that if you hit those three. It really just come to me as if this is a great draft is one of those guys on the back side is going to have to be uh, an impact player in two years. And that means makes it a great draft. That's how I view it. Three, right? Anything below three is not a good draft. Any three and a three is like the average down the road. But if you hit your first three, that usually turns out better than saying we got a fifth. That's a contributor. So anyway, let's not get too Tommy much into Trimble. it. That's another name. Tommy Ooh, Trimble had, that, that had, had a here. really good night tonight. You know too, what? Man. We thought Ian Thomas was going to be the smoke. Oh, darn. He never rookie. had any His rookie the, year, man. His rookie year is coming out running the open season. field. Fuck that. Man, everybody was high on Ian Thomas after his rookie year. Nah, but, you're, but again, was. you're not talking about Tommy Trimble. You're talking about what other men in the past couldn't do. I think Tommy Trimble has way more athletic potential than Ian Thomas ever had. It's They're not the same thing to me. But I get it, wow. man. All you, right. That's you, you want, you want to be a little the, recency by, you know what? This is a little recency If you want to be the, the um, old man Scrooge, I'll let you. I'll let you. I actually think I'm doing these some homies a favor by not expecting too much out of them. We'll see. You know, I mean, is that is like, all right, Uh, 252-228-5098. Let's go to the next call. Hey, guys, it's Joey. Uh, What up, Joey? Uh, Will Greer looked like P.J. Walker when he was with the twos last week. Like when P.J. Walker had the exact same players Will Greer had, they looked very comparable. The only difference is when Will Greer was a pocket passer or is a pocket passer or was, I don't know what, like, you know, if he's like that. Yeah, he's a more traditional type quarterback. He was consistent. He, you know, he didn't, he didn't think up the place like he did during that last Saints game. Oh my God, that, that was terrible. But he looked decent. 
Marshall and Tremble made plays. Again, Hubbard looked like Hubbard. Pretty good traditional run, running back. And, um, man, that Frank Yulubu. God, he, he was good. He was all over the place and, tonight. Uh, like, no, like, could you imagine, like, the whole stadium, like, we having something, you know, having another player that when you scream his name, you can make a lot of noise with, Lubu! Like, you could say that. Uh, he was great. Sucks. Kenny Robinson got hurt. I missed the starting the starter series because I was at dinner. We need a new kicker, damn it. Joey Sly. He he he's gotta go. Uh maybe get that kicker that was on the Ravens, Jake Verity from ECU. Let's go Lovett. Pirates! And uh uh who was the one that was kind of like uh uh, uh, people were talking about Brady Christensen. They were talking just like Cody. But anyway, guys, I don't want this to get too long because I don't want to get Ruby cut off. But anyway. Wow, wow, wow. My man, thank you for the call, <laughs> Joey the Blind Panther. And I saw someone put up, I think it was Kevin that said this, is that I didn't know Joey was out there kicking. Joey was kicking field goals tonight. He kicked AKA jo- Joey the Blind Panther. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely have to continue to talk about that, right? Like, knowing how right away, let's talk about Sly right off the bat. Yeah, it's terrible. He's he's terrible, he's not good. Yeah, he, he has a big leg, but being having a big leg doesn't, doesn't mean anything. He's far too inconsistent. He continues to prove. How about this? Joey Sly is consistently inconsistent. Okay? Like, that's just how he rolls, man. He has a big leg, but especially from those short-distance kicks, he's just not good, man. And the fact of the matter is we needed to bring other people in to push him before this point. Uh, I mean, he really needed some competition. And now, like, who are you going to bring in at this point? I mean, maybe there are some guys out there. I'm hoping that there are some guys out there. But, dude, this is going to be a problem for us. It was a problem for us last season, and it's looking to still be a problem. I mean, again, I don't want to overreact to just preseason, but it's not like what Joey Sly is doing right now in preseason is going to be any different to what he will have to do during the football season. So I'm very disappointed in him. I think we need to move on and try and get a replacement. We damn near need to get some competition in here ASAP. Yeah, I let's agree. go, Pirates. Jake Verity. It, it just makes no sense. Like, it makes no sense to me. Like, why is it that you look around the league and you see the best kickers still have people coming in to actually compete, even though they know they're not going to beat this Justin Tucker out of the job, but they're still got two kickers on the on the squad. It, and then we're we're sitting here drafting a long snapper. Like I'm pretty I, sure the Ravens do this every year, though. But that's right? what I mean. So, no, and, what and, they do is this: is they always get a guy in there. They know Justin Tucker is going to be the starter. I'm surprised Justin Tucker even kicked one tonight, right? And then they let this guy kick and look good behind him. And then right before they cut him, they trade him for a six. I feel like they do this every year. Right. I mean, I really, truly do think this is like a strategy 
by Jim Harbaugh, a former special teams coach, right? Um, but going back to Sly, my concern now is is ever since um, I was talking about, you remember that uh, kicker that they drafted, that Tampa Bay drafted, that had never missed a kick? Yeah, Gonzalez or something like that? Yeah, Rodriguez, yeah, whatever oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, I forget his name, but and he came in and just all of a sudden went from the best kicker in the history of college football to could not look like it never kicked a football again uh, before. And it to me, it immediately screamed, gosh, something got in this cat's head. And somebody brought it up on this show when we were talking about Joey Sly seeing a sports psychologist. And as soon as somebody, I forget if it was somebody in the chat or a caller or somebody on the panel, but whoever they were, they were like, man, once you see a sports psychologist, it's it's over. (laughs) Like, too late, too late. And I got to worry that it is getting into, it's in his head now. But fortunately for him, he was able to connect on a second field goal to at least, man, I tell you this, he missed that field goal, that second one. Panthers aren't just bringing in a guy. They're cutting Joey Sly and bringing in a guy. Jake Faraday could be an answer, though. He is, uh, I think, um, I think he's perfect so far in the preseason. Uh, a couple of 40 yarders, right? All extra points looking good. And I got to say, I'm in support of this cat who uh, is a ECU Pirate alumni. Oh, of course you are. But I, by the way, I had to shout out. Uh, uh, Joey Sly, the blind panther kicker. <laughs> oh, that's rich. I mean, look, I mean, Joey Esquivel, uh, I mean, he might be more clutch out there kicking than Joey Sly at this point. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him, man. Dude, this, it, it's a problem. Maybe, man. maybe Joey Sly should try kicking with his eyes closed. <laughs> Like, yeah, I, it might have the same consistency. I just, I, it's the part of it, and I mentioned that before, like with him, like he was seeing a sports psychologist. And I know a lot of people are, are thinking, you know, that's just, you know, par for the course. But I for personally believe if he's already having those mental issues yeah. or he's not able to get, like, you're not fixing that. You're only going to make it worse by making him think about it more and more every time he misses. That's always going to be on the back of the mind of everybody. Like he's got so much more pressure on him because everybody expects him to miss. Or if he does make it, like they're like, all right, we'll wait and see you the next time. It's never like, great job, Joey Sly coming out here showing he's the best. You know, he's he's making the mess most of his opportunity. It's we'll wait and see what he does next. Like that's what he's got to deal with, and that's that's not a you know a a, a positive environment to try to actually grow as a as a as a kicker. I mean, he's going to be in his head constantly. I, I I don't think that he's going to be able to pull himself out of this. I'd like to see him personally. Do it, but... I personally, I think he should wear a garter belt. Like uh, in Bull Durham, remember when he had the yips and he couldn't hit the strike zone or whatever it was in uh, Bull Durham, he went out there and pitched with the Carter belt on and it took his mind off him. Joey Sly, someone get, ooh, that's what we should do. We should all mail him Carter belts. That would be crucial and mean. Um, and this is not his second year. This is his third year. Third year, yeah. Is uh, I, my optimism, all the optimism was 18, 19 was a year where it was like, okay, and now 20, 20 or whatever, not 18, 19, 20, 21, right? Uh, this is the third year. Um, speaking of kickers, you know who is f- fucking badass? 
is Charlton. The guy last year, speaking of dude. people who have, dude, he was the dude that was accidentally booting it over the wall last year in, in camp. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Remember? Like, and it was yeah. like, it would kick, it, like, we were actually more fearful of that at that moment. This guy is just dropping dimes all up in the tent. I mean, he did it last week. He did it this week. He did yep. it throughout the season last year. This guy is booming it. I love him. Right. Yeah, it's it just sucks to be in this position, man. Because you really don't realize how important uh, having a good kicker is until you don't have one. You know. So. This and no, I don't. Right here. I don't remember. This guy Bull said, Durham. "I don't." You need don't to watch Bull Durham right away. I don't away remember there. Bull Durham, but I wish I could forget the Beastie Boys. I uh, I will say this much. Um, I never thought that there would be a, a, another kicker that made me miss Graham Gano. Yeah, I, I told y'all that. Uh, listen, everybody wanted to shit on no, Graham I'm Gano. I'm dying on my hill, man. And I'm dying every, on my hill. Every, I don't yeah, like Graham Gano. Y'all all wanted to shit on Graham Gano. And I said, hey, sometimes the devil you know is better than the one you don't. That's a pussy thing to say in retrospect because the devil we didn't know, actually the angel we didn't know was Harrison Butker, who we were stumping for in the time because we didn't like Ram Gano. And just because um, Joey Sly is not good does not make Graham Gano the answer. Jake Verity is the answer, obviously. Let's trade him. Who are we trading? Ian who would Thomas doesn't. Who would you rather have? We're, Graham we're Gano or Joey Sly? Hey, we're neither. Uh, Graham Gano. Neither. I don't want either. It's not an either or. Graham Gano was Jay way Verity. more consistent. Graham Other. Gano was way more consistent than, than Joey Sly. Was he the greatest? No. And did he miss a lot of uh, important kicks? Absolutely. But I think Joey Sly has been way worse than Graham Gano ever was. Like, sure. like he's got a big boot. Don't get me wrong. But Graham Gano has actually come in clutch on a lot of games. Unfortunately, Joey Sly has never won us a game. I can't forgive Graham Gano. How can you forgive Graham Gano? He missed that 43-yarder in the Super Bowl that could have brought us within three, I believe, at the time in the halftime and made that. And then the other one, the other dagger was 20. We had just lost. I can't forgive him. He's done two things wrong to me. It's like, unless this mug gets down on his knees and apologizes to me, why, why is like, he I, on his knees? Well, that's what I'm saying is this, is I ain't gotten an apology <laughs> for this. And, and so, you know what? I mean, I'm not ruling out forgiveness entirely, right? But if I if I did some shitty shit to my wife and I didn't apologize, I don't expect her to forgive me. So I ain't got no apology from Graham Gano for this mess. Dude, but I here, there's so two things. He missed so that Super Bowl dead. kick and then the very next game, the very next game where Cam was getting his head blown up. Cam drops us all the way down, drives us at the last second. He would have just been destroyed throughout the game. Cam, hero balls, hero wheels us down the field for like a 30-yard or 40-yard field goal, and Graham Gano doinks it. And I'm sorry, man. Shame on you. Fool man can't get fooled again. I remember Graham Gano kicking the game winner to actually win us a football game, which is something Joey Sly has never done. You so, talk about until, that fucking until, Giants game. 
dude. Until we get to that point, until we get to that point, dude, then yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too happy with Joey Sly. How many times has Joey Sly had the game in his on his foot at the end of a game and missed it? Yeah, like even when. Three yeah, four? and and that's in two a of those are career. ridiculous kicks. Can't right. so was right, Graham enough of that. What do we do? What do we do? Actually, enough. I don't want to talk about Graham Gano because that man. Like, you might as well start talking about how you want to bring how Colin Jones was better than some. We dude. need to get a veteran so, kicker. I, I think we need to. Uh, we need to get a veteran kicker, or we need to trade for that guy. You said, "What should we trade?" I think we trade that seventh rounder that we got for Greg Logan. Boom! Mm. Right away. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, I'm into it. Do something, man. We got to do something. This I mean, they're just not... going to release him. And who else yeah. is going to trade a seventh rounder to pick him up? I mean, he's going to get claimed off waivers probably before we get to him. So he's probably, I mean, that's the only way we're going to be able to guarantee we get him, you know, is to actually trade before they release so that we can, you know, have him on the field. Um, I think that's what it's going to be. Um, but I, think I love this too. idea. I love this idea is let's go after that dude because we know right now, if you if you just say that we're gonna roll with Sly because we just think we're not gonna get that much better anywhere else, that is almost like um man, that is a real settle right here. For a team that- there's some real warning signs that have come up, right? There's some red flags that have arisen through not just this preseason, but the past two seasons. So if Joey Sly would have come out here, and I think the team did this for a reason. I don't think they brought in other kickers to help his psychology, like his psyche. I agree. I agree. But that's but that's also one of the things that Greg wants to talk about with Matt Rule, where Matt Rule says competition breeds, you know, the brings the best out in people. He's like, I'm not going to name anybody a starter because I want them to have that comp, you know, competitive edge. I don't want them to come in here expecting something. You know, well, you're doing that with Joey Sly by not having competition. You're you're trying to you know coddle him when you're not coddling anybody else, at least in your you know own words. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Your kicker is probably the most mental game, and if you're gonna not probably get somebody in, if if he is hurt by competition, you don't want him in your on, on your team. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next call. Yo, what's good? C three. It's Justin Young. Minute chat is JDO fifty four. What's up, my man? Uh, Get your guys' opinion on the offensive line, the way that they played from what I saw. The line actually didn't look too bad. Like, they, they, but they didn't actually look very, like, they didn't look catastrophic. Um, that Will Greer looked okay in his limited time. Um, huge Gamecock fan. So, I'm, anytime I see Shy making a play, I'm, I'm extremely pumped for it. Um, that all that being said, I'm 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 extremely excited to see how this defense is going to look. Didn't like our third down efficiency this past game, but just want to get your guys' opinion on what y'all expect from the defense as a whole, and uh, what what you thought or how you guys thought the offense line. Performed. All right, great. Uh, you know what? And this is probably this this is one of the focal points of what the Panthers are trying to figure out. And I agree with my man, right? Is I don't think the offensive line looked terrific at any point of the game, arguably even, I think even, um, and this is where I think CK is right about Will Greer 
kind of having the edge on the performance is that Will Greer also had to play behind the line that looked horrendous and had all these penalties. They may, I felt PJ was a little too quick to scramble, you know, kind of his tendencies where it's hard seeing over the middle. So he ducks and dives and then all of a sudden you don't know where he's at. Um, But when you looked at the first two quarters, you, you know, there was one time where they didn't pick up a block or, or they didn't know what was going on. But we saw Brady Christensen again come out and have a good game. And on top of that, um, not only has he been good or like you have been very high on him, right, Cody, over preseason one, preseason oh, yeah. week one, despite what anybody wants to do with temper your expectations or say, you know, well, he doesn't have this or he did this and they show this play. Guess who has been shouting him out all week? And that's Matt Rule and tonight Scott Fitterer again talked about it and very um, comfortably talked about how happy they were with his play. So as you look down that line, you know, and I was watching, I had to watch the first 10 minutes of the game on my phone because I went, I was at dinner with my in-laws, but so it's a little bit harder. I do. We have not, have we gotten down to who started half is half of the chat said that F line started half of the chat said it wasn't, um, but we didn't see any major ugh, ugh moments. And if we can get a, we need a average line at worst this year. If we want to be pretty good, we need an average line. If we get a 15, if, if we're 15th in offensive line, I'm going to be actually pretty happy. Yeah. I mean, I think that we have the players that can step up and play. I think Brady Christensen has impressed. Deontay Brown has looked really good, and both of those guys have received praise from Matt Rule and Federer. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think our offensive line played good tonight. I don't think that there was a problem by any means with our offense. Um, in that first initial, uh, after that first turnover, when Will Greer had gotten the ball back, they started driving down the field, and then there was a miscommunication between him and I think. It was either Shy Smith or Chuba Hubbard in the flat, and they just missed. And the offensive line gave them enough time to connect, but they were just on the same page, or Will Greer just underthrew it, or something happened. But the offensive line was not the weak point of our offense tonight. I do think it was, it was better in pass protection. I felt like we felt, uh, you know, in pass protection, it didn't feel awful. I don't necessarily, and I guess if you want to because we shouldn't crown them just all of a sudden it's pretty good. Um, there were some problems down when on those drives where we're close to the goal line and trying to run the ball, you know, where are we getting the push and opening the holes up that were necessary? Um, so work in progress, I-85 construction, clearly. Clearly. And now you understand why he says that, too. And by the way, I mean, whoever it is, Elfline or Cam Irving, Dude, I don't know why Elfline would ever start at left tackle. I wanted to say that it was 75 Cam Irving. That's who I saw at left tackle. Um, and I don't think it'll be either of them there very long, if I'm being honest with you. So, I don't know. I think the offensive line was impressive. I think there was some timing um, that kind of remains to be seen from the quarterback and the receivers. Um, and this goes for everyone, too. That was the... Um, that's what all the rumors were with Sam too, that this training camp, him and the receivers weren't quite on the same page. 
Um, you know, Matt Rule said that the receivers had training camp legs, so they might normally run a 4-4 or a 4-3, but early in training camp, they're still running 4-5. So Sam's throwing to where they should be and not where they currently are. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of that, and I feel like that goes up and down the board from Sam, Will Greer, and PJ. Um, we really need to take this week building up to this Steelers game to get on the same rhythm and get on the same page and, you know, try and find that spark because right now I feel like our offense has not had that. Let's shift the conversation to something that I don't think we have, you know, we almost need to make this in the preseason, right? We're evaluating in the preseason, right? Tonight we've tried to evaluate the backup quarterback role. We've tried to evaluate the offensive line, how this defense, right? What are our evaluations of the coaching staff and how this team is progressing from not only uh, through week one and two, but also from last year to this year? Um, a lot of people, you know, I'm a, I've been a, I like the salty old man because I'm the old man of the show now. As the old man of the show, I get to now like the old dudes. And so I'm a big Phil Snow fan. What did you guys see after week two? From this coaching staff, Joe Brady and the offense, we get to see a little bit more. The head coach, um, your thoughts, guys? I'll go first. Yeah. I didn't. I again, I, I said it last week. I'll, I'll say it again. Phil Snow is the best coach on the team. Um, I don't think that's, I, and I don't even think it's close. Like at least from what we're seeing in preseason. Now, the good news is I'm really hoping that we're going to see something different out of Joe Brady, and that we're just not trying to show our hand on what our offense is capable of doing, but. The the play calling is so mundane and so boring that it irritates me. Like there's been, well, it is the preseason. You don't want to show it. You don't want to show it. It is. But Phil snow. And the reason I say this is number one, Phil snow is, 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 it seems like he's coming in and he's, he seems, obviously we had some trouble with our third string defense, but again, take that with a grain of salt, but even our first stringers and our second stringers, you know, we may have been moving the ball, but we weren't able to capitalize. And when we got to a position, we got overly conservative, um, which uh, and, and to their credit and to you know, their defense, Joe Brady may be saying, listen, I'm not going to dial up in my goal line stuff. I'm just going to be simple and basic on the goal line instead of actually trying to be overly aggressive. Like and I just because why show your hand on what you're capable of doing in the preseason? I agree with that. But like when you see that there's a clear difference between our offense and our defense right now. Um, I'll be honest. I even like, what, have we even seen an interview with Joe Brady? Like Joe Brady is so like away from the media. It's not, you know, he was, uh, I felt like he was kind of out, out there a little bit last year. Like they had, and maybe you have to trot these guys out more during the regular season per NFL rules, right. but yeah, we haven't seen this. And, um, I, before we even talk about, cause now we know that Cody's going to talk about Joe Brady and how this looks like more like an LSU offense and all this. I know he's about to come out and say all this mess. What I, if I'm uh Matt rule, my lawyers are on the phone with EA right now. What did they do to him? Bro. CK dude. in this game. What a disservice that dude. his graphic. And when you said rap, you, you picked it up right away. You didn't even hesitate. <laughs> dude. I was crying, man. I was crying, but it's so true. Like he needs to file like a slander lawsuit against EA for his pull um, that shit up, whatever. pull that shit up, and let the let the squad see it, man. And especially people who hadn't seen watched that that uh, video because it was absolutely god awful. Like they did right. him no favors. I said 
I said Matt. They got Matt Rule looking like he's ten years older and on meth. Like that's that's what I see when I. Uh, he was like too it, fat to be on meth. Right, right. You're, you're right. You're he right. He looked fatter. Look, he's he's gained weight. You know what I'm saying? All coaches gain weight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't have you know time I mean, to because all you're, you're doing is working food, and yeah. eating and working and eating and staying up all night, not getting right. good sleep. But they even made my man heavier than he is in real life. I know dude. that ain't even right. They made his face. They didn't even match his hair up. I mean, I wonder. And the <laughs> only thing I thought of is. I wonder if he didn't go and get scanned and or he didn't give his approval to use his likeness. And so they had to basically just kind of put somebody else's face on there because I think it happened with another coach as well that I was I was uh, when I was playing some uh, games. I can't remember who it was, but uh, he wasn't the only one. But most everybody has almost a, a really good likeness to one another. But Matt Rules is just very bad. Jeez, <laughs> call in a different uh, sketch artist is what I would say. Right. If yeah. I was the guy trying to, like you were trying to, Matt Rule would be not convicted of murder because they were not caught because this sketch was so off. All right, Cody, what did you see from this? What, have you, what are your thoughts on the coaching staff after two games of the preseason? So I echo CK's sentiments. I think Phil Snow is fantastic. I think he is. Who's he's been saying it? Himself. Who's been saying it? That's been Tony. Thank yeah, you. Saying, hey, I've been on Phil Snow a long time too. I've been giving Phil Snow his props. I think we all have. I think Phil Snow uh, has done a lot of good things to our defense. Um, I think that we play fast and aggressive. You know, especially when our ones and twos were out there. I felt like this is definitely this whole game was a tale of two halves. The first half, our defense was flying around, creating turnovers, making plays, doing good things. But then at the you know when the second half rolls around, it's just nightmare fuel. Um, Joe Brady, listen, I'm really not at the point yet where people want to freak out just because it's preseason. I, I maintain what I've said this entire build up to this season. Everyone on this team has a ton to prove. No one gets a pass on anything. I'm not giving a pass to Joe Brady. Um, for anything, I just think that tonight is not the game to make that asse- that assessment based off of. Um, and then I'm also looking at, you know, this is preseason. It's vanilla offenses. I am disappointed that Sam Darnold didn't get an attempt. Um, he had like two passing attempts, one completion. I wanted to see him maybe try and pass the football a little bit more in the red zone. But you know, trying to keep stuff close to the vest. I understand it at this point. Um, I still think Joe Brady will continue to prove or will prove that he is one of the brighter offensive minds in the NFL. We just have to find our rhythm. And, um, yeah. you know, again, we have to remind ourselves the first four games of the season look to be very favorable for us to pull off a nice little streak. If the Panthers are able to find that rhythm early on, then, yeah, I think Joe Brady's offense is going to shine in a way that we haven't seen it before. Um, yeah, I mean, we still have a – they're still learning. They got a lot. You know, don't eval- – there's nothing to evaluate about Joe Brady at this point um, right. through preseason because, you know, it, it doesn't look out of sorts entirely. I don't think the team's looked out of sorts. And what I am – what I think is that uh, Phil Snow – and, I, look, I'm, I like Phil Snow. I think he did a lot last year with not a ton – um, what I like is you remember Ron Rivera used to always say is that the game comes down to three plays. He said every week it's like one or two or three plays or whatever, one or two or one. Or, and it's chunk yeah. plays, chunk plays, chunk plays. 
I don't really feel like our defense looks a lot of times like they got straight burned, except for in the run up the middle game, <laughs> you know. But at that point, like everything goes wrong, you know. Like once one thing happens, then it's like it's just, yeah, but it rains it poured, it's, yeah. I just don't feel like um, you know we have a guy, a lot of guys going over top of us or getting behind us or a guy not knowing miscommunication. I think these guys are, are clicking pretty well. All right, let's go to the next call two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Hey, what's up, guys? This is the man that was here. Um, not to retro back, but Joey Sly sucks ass. <laughs> um, and our red zone O, red zone D sucks ass. I can't remember which one. I was watching the game, and one of them ranked 28th in the league last year. So that's the work. That has to be done. And I, I think, think that was our red zone year, offense, right? Maybe. Our red zone I think it was brought uh, up defense in the last podcast. Down. Oh, okay. Bridgewater didn't. They didn't work on red zone O. So I don't know about red zone D, but, you know, your, your guys' thoughts on that, man. But I appreciate everything you guys do and keep pounding. Man, thank you D. for the call. Uh, go ahead with that, guys. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I kind of alluded to it. Go ahead, CK, you take it. No, yeah, I was just going to say, like, number one, I, uh, you know, if you guys listen to my commentary on that game, um, you know, a lot of the same things that I was saying was being said early on in the game by the commentators, uh, Steve Smith uh, and his buddy there. I can't remember his name because he's not as important. Um, but, uh, you know, it, yeah, we were 31st in the league uh, on defense on getting off the field on third down. Um Red zone efficiency was horrible for our squad, too. I don't remember where we placed in red zone efficiency for our offense, but I knew it was not good. Um, and I do remember, you know, uh, that a lot of the struggles were not necessarily on other people other than Teddy and also some of the play calling. Like, we, yeah, I know I remember we had a lot of criticisms about the play calling that took place down in the red zone, but I think that also had to do with we didn't really have a true red zone threat. Uh, we didn't have tight ends that I felt like were actually going to be able to get us uh, the ball over the top. Right. Uh, That's defense. number one. You know, uh, we, we had, and if you look at our wideouts, they're not the tallest, right? And a lot of times red zone, because the field is so much shorter, you have so many people bunched up. Height is a big part of that. Um, and when you have somebody who can moss it, like we do now with Terrace, you know, I Gosh, think that, that he's you know, so strong, man. He's yeah. a hands catcher, dude. I saw yeah. it, dude. I seen this yeah. guy. He's strong. He got some strong ass hands. He yeah. looks like a motherfucking football player. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, I think that we're going to see a, a bit of, bit of a jump on our offense. Um, I, Teddy can can blame uh, them not practicing all day, every day. He's played this game so long that he can't blame practice on everything, right? If you didn't practice the red zone as much, then then that's not necessarily just on coaching. Can the coaching have the, uh, you know adjusted and maybe did that, or could you have brought it up the coaching midway through the season? Hey, I think we need to practice more on this, and they probably would have listened to you. Sure. But you can't wait until you've been traded to another team to shit talk your your previous coaching staff about that. Um, I think our offensive red zone uh, is going to be much better this year, and I think you guys will be uh, pleasantly surprised with that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really um disappointed. I mean, I don't want to say disappointed. It, again, I I really think that we haven't seen what our red zone offense is going to be uh, this season. But I didn't like to play calling tonight in the red zone. But I also think what, that running the ball, weren't. just run the ball. Yeah, like we were just very willing to run the football. And I think it was very vanilla. 
And I get that we it was went for it on fourth down too, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, by the way, I also, um, you know, I was reasonably impressed with Chuba Hubbard tonight too. Yeah. You know, I, I think that he's impressed, re- impressed, man. You're so generous with this. Now you're uh, everything. You're like, but, you're but supposed- you're, all right. Tell me he looked like shit. No, he, looks, he was. He like I, I think he had an, another up and down game. I think that uh, last week you saw some good moments, and then you saw some moments that you wish he could that he, he you could have back tonight. You saw um, him start right off. And last and last week I did say this is that I I largely attributed his kind of performance and maybe some of the drop balls is like it's his first. You know, it's kind of the jitters, the nerves. I wanted to see this week how he settled in. Now, I think this coaching staff again said, man, it's Chuba Hubbard all the way because they just giving him the rock all the time. Um, he had a fumble, right? Um, he had a catch out of the backfield right to start the game. That was good, though, right? So, yeah, is that um, he showed some things that, again, uh, I think it showed that last week that he's going to get better week to week. But I would say, like, uh, I was impressed necessarily. Dude, look at like look at his here. Hold on, his stats. How are we gonna say this? Is he was he had nine carries for twenty four yards, and you're impressed? I'm saying I, I'm impressed with his extra effort. I mean, yeah, I he, find now, that whenever that whenever he gets hit, whenever he gets hit, he doesn't go down. I think he tries to find that extra running lane, and I think that he does a good job at um, making plays with what he's given. I mean, we're feeding him the rock, and I think that he continues to have more, um, you know, impressive plays than unimpressive plays. He hasn't been a, a sore spot in our offense by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, I'm not disappointed in him either. See, that's the thing is, but impressed. And he, well, I, I tell I'm you what, that's by Terrence Marshall Jr. How about that? That's a guy that, that no, said that. One? Wow, he impressed me in pass protection. And tonight, even Steve Smith commented on it that yeah. there there were some times when Trooper Hubbard stood in there, squatted his ass down, and blocked his ass off, and that was something that he didn't do a lot in college too. So, you know, again, I think uh, when I see a young player making strides, he doesn't have to have 150 yards to impress me. I think that he's just continuously working his way into playing NFL football. You're right. I mean, if he would have had 31 yards rushing, I would have been over the moon, homie. Over the moon. Next uh, let's, topic. Go the, let's go to the next call. Hey, guys. It's Joey again. <clears throat> Sorry. Had to hiccup. It's Joey again. And um, I know you're talking about limiting the calls, but – it's okay. Tonight we're begging right for him. Do you want to see the offense? Um, not offense. Do you want to see the starters more next week, or or do you just want to see him for one series? Or do you want to see him at all? Because we're gonna see him. The way that you really—that's why. See, that's why. You know, and I hate seventeen games because. 17 is an odd number. You have teams with more home games than other teams. And, yeah, you know, that it's not even you can't extrapolate the numbers as much. It's just a pain in the ass. And it makes no sense unless you were going to have every team play an international game. 
so that every team has eight home games and eight away games. Anyway, aside from that, that's really why I like four preseason games. Because next week, now we're stuck in a situation where because usually the last preseason game you play the starters. Now, do we play them? Or here's what we do. We give P.J. Walker one quarter with the twos. Will Greer one quarters with, with the twos. Um, then we turn around the second half and give them each quarters with the threes. I, so I'm down with this. Down I'm on Joey's team. I'm on Team Escobar right now. What are your thoughts on that, guys? I love this uh, all the way because I don't really think that whatever is going to happen, or do we have? Imagine if we did not play our starters tonight at all, right? Okay, and or, and and also before I ask, before I tell you to imagine that, what do you think? the plan is to play the starters next week what do you think the plan is next week i think it's already been pretty much confirmed that they're all playing at least the first at least one full half that's what they were saying on the broadcast. a whole half a whole half okay for as much for uh, up to a half yeah so my question to you guys then is is say that they are going to play the full next half this next week say we sat them this week have we lost the competitive advantage? If they didn't as play a team? snap this year, if they week? didn't play the yeah, if they didn't play that one series, is that one series a lost competitive advantage by the no. Carolina Panthers? No, no, and I don't know if that's what Joey's talking about. I think Joey's more focused no. on next week, right? Right. No, but what I'm saying is this: is that I'm I'm with him as in not wanting to see the starters a lot. Period. I, Are I we truly gaining such a competitive advantage? Aaron Rodgers hasn't played a preseason game in like 20 years, it feels like. Right? Do you go, Does anybody sit out there and go, man, oh, if he would have just had a quarter in the preseason, he wouldn't be rusty. So I watched a little bit of the Bears today, and Andy Dalton didn't look super impressive to me, but yet they're still doubling down on him being the starter. I mean, you run the risk of kind of, worrying the fan base if Sam goes out there and doesn't look good. But at the yeah. same time, I want to see um, Sam needs to have some fear. He needs to have fear of contact. And that's something that you, you don't, don't think really he has that. He's got PTSD of contact after New York Jets, bro. I mean, no, I mean, not when you're in practice and you're wearing the red jersey and everyone. But he know, played all, all two years are, with the Jets. This motherfucker pees his pants when people run at him. Come on, like he's like got no feet. Come but on, right? So that's why that's what I'm saying. You're misunderstanding Uh-oh. me. Mom's here. That's I why I want to see him in preseason. He needs yeah. to have fear of someone knocking him on his butt. Well, we also and right now he doesn't have that in training camp. Exactly. Well, especially this week. Right. Uh, I mean, last week he's still redshirted, but he's still going up against the defense. He's still having to make those reads. I agree with Cody. I think once he's actually out there and even, you know, Sam has said this, you know, he's missing the he misses getting tackled. I don't know how true that is, but he does understand like that does bring an extra layer of uh, of aggression in a lot of these people where that's when they kind of snap into their zone. And hopefully, you know, not getting hit too much, but hopefully uh, Sam Darnold does that in the preseason. I think that it's a good thing we're going to have him playing in the preseason because only thing we're going to be doing this week is practicing against our own guys. 
there is no joint practice. The benefit this past week and the week before that, the reason why not seeing them nearly as much was so valuable is because of the reps that they were getting in practice against another team. They're not having that luxury this time. And this is going to be the this is going to be a time where they can actually truly try to set in a game plan, try to actually come out there with with some idea of what they want to accomplish and and, and try to make that a reality. Um, I think it's a big deal that they play this this third preseason game because I think that's going to be uh, you know a, a really important thing to get that mesh going. Otherwise, we're going to be constantly talking about it. If he starts slow, uh, we're going to be like, well, he should have played the preseason. You know, I, I think this is the best way to do it. And I, I want to get everyone's opinion on this too. This was the T-shirt that Sam Darnold wore at his press conference, and it, it's given everyone a good head scratch. He's wearing this Panther shirt. It has the Panther logo, and across it, it says no decision. What does that even mean? Like, where this isn't a shirt that they sell. What was? What it's this? They is, don't sell this. This is something that that's they my point. Up for the what, players, it either has to be some sort of what does this like, even uh, mean? Matt Rule like saying like there's no decision but to be the best, <laughs> something like that. It's gonna be so something like that. Bullshit. Or I hope he had this shirt made, and it really means no decision but me. <laughs> <laughs> you Panther, you, the Panthers organization has no decision but me. Did you see what happened with your backups, homies? That's or, what it means. Or did he say, <laughs> uh, like, why did you not play more than one one round? I had no decision in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, why did you play in the preseason at all? No decision. In that. No decision. Yeah. No decision. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. No one uh, the is... Panthers says probably has something to do with COVID vaccines. <laughs> oh, that's actually very smart. Even though these were the guys that were reluctant to talk about it and take it, he was one of him. You know, him and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, or you know what would be funny is if it's like, uh, have you made the decision to get the uh, vaccine? I've made no decisions yet. <laughs> I had no decision. Oh, another good one. Yeah, yeah. I need um, this shirt. I need this shirt. <laughs> I'd be I like, my uh, uh, what if every time your wife asks you to do something, it's like, hey, like, are you gonna do this? No decision. I mean, I kind of I don't like the shirt, though, just because it's so indecisive in nature. I know, like, I it's know. So it is. It, 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 it's, not, it's not making a strong statement. We, it's saying, eh, I don't know. We have to get to the bottom of this shirt. In fact, I'm going to set the C3 chat on the mission to find out what is the decision or lack of decision behind this shirt. Please help us understand what the no decision decision is. All right, um, guys, I think we've prep up. Oh, there actually one more call trickled in. Let's go nice. for it. Let's see, it looks like a short one too. And this might be my mom. Yep, this is my mother. Let's end the show with my. Hi, just wanted to say hello to your team. Miss seeing you. Thought I'd tune in to see how you look. Keep it, keep it, kick the high road. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. All right. Um, guys, we've got um, one more preseason game ahead of us next week. A late show probably coming 
at us, right? I think it's a Friday night and eight or nine o'clock kickoff. It's late. It's late. Yeah. It's late. My, um, we'll get it in there. We'll get it in there. That's what um, we're going to see. <laughs> We're gonna see uh, how these starters look in this in this first half. And uh, is that on a Friday night? I think it, it is, is a Friday, Friday, Friday isn't Friday, it? Yeah. Did, what did I say? I, I, say Friday. Uh, I think it is Friday night. It is Friday, hundred percent. Yeah, because this week was Saturday. Last week was I just remember it being a down slot, like Sunday, yeah, Saturday, yeah, Friday. Like, yeah, yeah. And then every and then every yeah. game time went up, so the day got earlier and the time went later. Okay, so then, yeah, no Friday free-for-all this Friday, then, because it's going to start uh, normally when, when we'd be doing it. So we'll just do the post-game. So, no, yeah, you heard it here for, first, folks. No Friday free-for-all this Friday, but every Friday after, it's Back at it. On. Yep. It's Back at it. Um, so the Panthers are, are 0-2 in the preseason, um, but I do think there have been – I, I, you know, as kind of the team I expected to see at this point in a good way, right? I think there's some, been some positives out of this team, right? There's there's some potential, but it, there are some concerns when you get past those first front lines, right? I mean, all of a sudden, and and, and let's credit, and I don't want to um, dump on the third liners too much because they're not all going to play together all the time, right? If one of those guys finds their way into the game, they're going to be playing with the ones. So the ones hopefully can pick them up. You know, if a guy that's a backup is all of a sudden in, you know, playing a starting role or contributing role, he's not with a bunch of other guys who are uh, equal or lesser players than him. He's with guys that are, can lift him up. Right. Um, So that, you know, so let's not get too scared about that. We're going to continue keeping an eye on the offensive line, the backup quarterback, um, question is going to be, you know, I mean, that's going to be one of the cuts we think is going to be made. We don't think this team has the luxury to run three quarterbacks this year. I don't think so. And then you're going to continue to like, will Sly have some competition this week? You Can you really wait beyond this week? Do you give Sly one more chance? All of these questions looming ahead as uh, we um, get into things. So um, I think that's about it. You guys got anything else you want to say about next week or now? No, I'm just excited, man. I think this is an important week. Just for like the Steve Panthers. Smith. Just excited. I'm so excited. I'm just excited, man. I'm excited. I'm, I, I think week this four, is an important week. Three. Th- this is an important week. Oh, yeah. That's a game. Yeah. Game ball. Yeah, let's do a game, game ball. ball. Fantastic. And I'll go first. Mine's super simple. Go ahead. Frankie Luvu. Dude, Frankie Luvu was my, was my player to watch for this game. That was the guy I kept my eye on. And, and he absolutely showed out again. That guy was on every single play. Um, frankly, I think he's played his way onto the 53-man roster. I think he was incredibly impressive. Game ball goes to Frankie Luvu. And wait Mine a minute. Didn't to- we used to call this our dab, our dab on him pick? Yeah. Yeah, we need to bring that back, man. We we shouldn't let that die. It needs okay. to be our dab on him pick. All right, all right, all right. We'll bring. Are it we back. doing a towel shame then as well? <laughs> My uh, dab on him pick then goes to Will Greer, actually. Ah, oh, um, yeah. where are you? Yeah, yeah. I'll let I, you I, have I, it. I, no, 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 go ahead. 
The reason I'm going to say this is I think uh, Will Greer, uh, one, exceeded what I thought he was going to do in this opportunity. Right. Is that, I mean, I mean, is that I'm been, it's just been the conundrum of so long, the Will Greer conundrum. It's just been so symbolic of the problems we've had. And that doesn't have to do with him. It's got to do with like the Cam situation, the Teddy situation, the draft, Marty Herney, all of this, all these things Will Greer happens to be symbolic of, and it's not his fault of. Um, And that I felt like he's had, I wouldn't say a lack of opportunity, but he hasn't had opportunity. Right. Right. Like, I mean, if you, if you're in that position of a backup quarterback, if you're PJ, if you're these guys, you don't get a lot of opportunity. So if you only right. get one opportunity, you can't say there's a lack of opportunity. There's always a dearth of opportunities for these guys. I thought there was a lot of pressure riding on this. Um, I thought that he came out and said last week that, he, you know, he was vocal about, not being upset, but saying like, you know, he wants a chance to compete and the team assured him and they did. How about that? Give them credit for that. They went and trotted him out um, and gave him an equal amount of time because they knew it was on the storyline. And I think he answered the call today. I agree. Like, I think he did about as best as you could think he could do in that situation. Like what else in, in the moment, in, unless he audibled out of those run plays and did something awesome. If he executed the offense, if he moved, you know, he moved the ball, he was accurate, he's consistent. I think he made a good case for him. So my game ball goes to him. Yep, yep. I agree. I dab I think, on him. There you go. There you go. I think he did a fantastic job in doing one of two things either actually putting his name in the real ring for the backup yep. QB position or making sure that he is a valuable uh, commodity where he's able to be traded to a, another place that he would be the backup, you know. I think that there are multiple situations that could exist here. I think it's going to be hard for this coaching staff to let go of PJ Walker. In my opinion, I think they have too much of a personal connection with him. And I think it's going to be easier to trade Will Greer than it is PJ Walker for this coaching staff. Um, but we'll see if they decide to go with the nepotism or if they decide to go with, you know, what they really need in the backup. And, and we'll find out what that is with PJ Walker or Will Greer. But um, I'll go with uh, just, uh, how about this? I'll go with, uh, with limited action. I'll go with, Brian Burns. Brian Burns came in there and showed how explosive yeah. he can be on this defensive superstar. line. Superstar. Yep. Superstar, superstar right in the making, now. guys. Just, you know, he's going to come out here and, and do that. So dab on him there, Brian Burns. Love awesome. it. Um, bad game. I guess if we're going to do a talent shame, that means the bad game of the who had the bad game. Are we um, are we restricting this to the Panthers or is it going to be everybody? Oh, I think it'd be everybody. You can do whatever you want. I don't have it. I'm not going to chastise you. Uh, my bad game, though. Hmm. You guys got somebody that's standing out to you who had a bad game? I mean, game? I could say our entire third string D line. Like, our entire third string defense was so pitiful on third down. It was just embarrassing at the end of the game. Um, I, I can't necessarily pinpoint a specific player. Right. Um, I think maybe Bravion Roy kind of jumped some, uh, some gaps just trying to be aggressive, but I don't know. I don't really have a, a player that jumps off the top of my head. Yeah, um, I'm, I, I'm going to go with this one is because um, he might not have even played a snap. How about that? Having a bad game and not even playing a snap. Unless if somebody can tell me that Ian Thomas is hurt. Missing in action, homie. I haven't heard his name. 
throughout this camp. I haven't heard anything about Ian Thomas. And right now, uh, T- Tommy Trimble, right? Show, you know, I heard Tommy Trimble's name tonight. I heard Dan, Ar- Dan Arnold got a holding call, heard his name. I don't even know. Is Ian Thomas even on this team? So that's my talent of shame. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh my Dallas shame is going to PJ Walker. I think he hurt his position tremendously today. I think so. Um in comparison, like if you want to sit there and compare apples to apples, like everybody was defending uh like saying that Will Greer was trash because he was going up against the threes of the Colts. Well, PJ Walker was going up against the threes of the of the Ravens and was not able to do anything. Um I like I said, I, I thought last last week that PJ Walker had an advantage. I, I don't believe that anymore. Unless this team really wants to really show, I I believe right now if, if something happens this week and Will Greer is is traded or released, uh, it's a hundred percent nepotism. There should be. I don't think there's even. I think it's a close call, but I don't think there's a close enough call to where you can't choose Will Greer over over PJ Walker. Yeah, let's see next week, right? I mean, right. you got like if you make the decision now, if you've already made it. the decision after night then tonight, then that I thought they had made the decision last week, kind of in their heads, yeah. but I think Will Greer does have to give you pause at this moment uh, and challenge even those initial evaluations. Uh, Cody, what you got for a town of shame, if that's a far new thing? We're going to have to come up with a dab. We kept the, keeping the dab on them. Yeah, again, man, I don't I, – I, I want to say our entire third down – or our entire third – Oh, you already line, said it. Man. All right, that's right. Yeah. Sorry, we've been through it. Never mind. I forgot because it was such a vague answer. Mine was a guy – hey, you know what? I'm criticizing you, and their players actually played. Yeah, I'm that's fine. Player they even play. All right, uh, that's the C3 Panthers postgame show brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com where every Tuesday night, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. It's the longest running Panthers podcast out because we don't shut up. We don't shut up. We just get up here. We don't quit. We keep coming back. We are consistently consistent. Unlike Joey Sly, who could have gotten that talent of shame ball uh, or talent of shame. Um, But we're here on Tuesday nights, but now as the season unfolds, there's a lot more content rolling out here. Um, we usually have the Friday free for all, uh, hosted by Cody Lasney, where any, any fan can jump in there and have a good time. I hung out with these guys this past Friday. This will be paused for one week because, uh, the game is going to be on Friday night. So we'll invest that energy in the post game show. Um, I do want to plug an interview. We're going to have Tim Jenkins Tuesday night, Tim Jenkins, who is a former NFL quarterback, uh, and quarterback's coach in the offseason, P.J. Walker, mentor to him, um, was really high on P.J.'s performance after week one. He's going to join us um, after this, and we'll have to see how um, he's evaluated this. I'm sure he's not going to have the I most uh, – I'm worried that he's going to back out. Back he's out not going to back out because he's going to talk about Sam. He won't back out. He's. He, I don't he know. Is a, he didn't. He is got, a stumper, though. Yeah, he's 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 an incredible like he does not said a bad word about PJ Walker even in no, his, uh, analy- analyzing uh, his last week's gameplay. Yeah, like like it, he he's he's very high on PJ and I get it. Why would you put that That's bad guy out there? That's, That's your, your guy. guy. You can't you can't be talking bad about him. And I don't know that he's going to be able to come on here and talk about anything positive this wow. past week. Wow. Well, Tim Jenkins is scheduled to be here on Tuesday night. 
um, and we'll get his thoughts. Hopefully, if not, if he backs out, maybe we'll get him after week three. When it's <laughs> did like... you see where I posted on on Twitter? Yeah, I go um, uh, after that uh, beautiful pass from Will Greer to uh, you know, Terrace. Uh, I said, so nobody's going to talk about this perfectly placed pass that Will Greer just had, and he and Tim Jenkins responded. No, no, we are not. <laughs> <laughs> did he? Did he? That's awesome. Yeah. That is fantastic. I love the um, pay. Oh no, it's not pay. It's just uh, you know what we got. We got horses, and we root for our horses sometimes. If you own a horse and you're running in the derby, you rooting for that mug. You were rooting for that mug. Uh, also, CK dropped a gorgeous video today. What happened today? Because. I watched this sucker like I was watching the, you know, it might have been more interesting than the game I watched tonight. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah, basically, uh, we did a, a simulation on Madden of this game prior to this game, obviously. Um, and uh, and I just basically recorded the entire thing. And then afterwards, I didn't watch it at all until I did the actual uh, playback um, where I did the voiceover. And I just commentated the entire thing. I took down the uh, actual in-game commentators volume all the way down who the fuck wants to listen to those guys and uh and because they just say the same shit over and over and over again it gets irritating um and then i just did based on the play-by-play and i did highlights i didn't do the entire game it, it was an hour and 20 minutes but yeah man you're good you're a natural dude like you keep you do this you get a couple of weeks under your belt you're gonna be getting a job somewhere no, I mean, I it was really good know. no there was no ums no i could i could not have and, and that's your first one you dropped yeah it's fantastic Fantastic. And I was I was interested, intrigued by the idea. I have my kids watch my kids watch other people play video games all the time. Yeah. You know, like they watch all these like stories that people build. They watch that more than they watch real television or whatever it was. But, you know, it's not I'm not of that generation. We do. You know, I was all in. I was like sitting there like a little kid. I had my phone propped up. I watched from the beginning to the end. No pause, (laughs) man. No pause. Except for actually, I did pause at one time to reach over on Twitter and be like, this is so good. (laughs) So you guys got to check out those simulation uh, Madden 22 simulations. And and CK is going to be commentating those, and I'm sure he's going to find some ways to bring some other people in or make them continue to grow. Yeah. Uh, so you guys support that. Um, and so we've got Tim Jenkins coming up. We've got the Friday free-for-alls that are going to return after this week. Um, oh, one last thing is cuts. Don't they – five more players are going to go this week on yeah, Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on our Tuesday show. Tuesday night, 9 p.m., Longest Running Panthers podcast live. Call into the show at 252-228-5098. Don't forget, uh, look, we do this just because we like hanging out uh, and and talking about Panthers football with Panthers fans. And wasn't it nice to see your Twitter timeline just exploding and exploding with all the people talking about the same thing? Football is back, baby. Football is back, and we're so close to the real thing we hope you can join us on tuesday night at 9 p.m will be our next show cody how can they find you on the intranets yeah find me on twitter at cody lax c-o-d-y-l-a-c yeah i love twitter on game days i always tweet a bunch of shit my twitter goes crazy so definitely interact with me i'll be sure and uh interact with you and follow back um, I'm also the Panthers analyst on drafttech.com where I write first and second round picks for the Carolina Panthers. 
And um, yeah, the Friday free for all will be on hiatus just this Friday, but it will be back every subsequent Friday after that, where you get to join the show and dictate what we talk about. And uh, yeah, that's it for your boy. CK, where can they get after you? Uh, you can get at me on all social media platforms, Codizzle underscore Allen. I stream mainly on Facebook, but uh, occasionally I do have the Twitter or the Twitch rather and the YouTube up and doing it that way. But uh, guys, I'm more excited right now for this weekly drop of the simulation of the uh, of the upcoming matchup. So I'm going to try to do it the day before uh, each game. So for instance, this Friday, I'm going to try to get it out Thursday uh, so that we have it uh, the day before. Today was just it was a Saturday. It was a little bit harder. I didn't yeah. want to interrupt the Friday free for all last night. Um, so I didn't do it today. Yesterday, we have dropped it this morning. But on, on a regular occurrence, just look at it for the day before. So that way you guys have additional Panthers content to watch. Uh, and maybe see a prediction that uh, that uh, tunes you know turns out better than the 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 one that happened this time. We were supposed to win this one based on that prediction, but yeah, again, we knew it was all fishy when Sly you know, was three for yeah, three yeah. in that. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. You know what's funny about it is going into the half um, or going into the like a part of the somewhere in the third quarter, uh, the score was identical to what it was on the simulation. It was nine to three. The Panthers were down nine to three in the simulation at some point too. Uh, and it was like around the exact same time. I was like, oh, shit, what the fuck? <laughs> was like, was, uh, Madden, are you like predicting something? Uh, anyway, yeah. but guys, yeah, be on All right, you can find me. Fun. You can find me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Um, see you Tuesday night, folks. Uh, don't forget Discord channel, everything. We're just trying to hang out, talk uh, football with people uh, that love the same thing. Um, till then, keep pounding. Take us out of here, Mr. Producer, keep man. Pounding. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.